Hello, welcome to another episode of Here's the Point with Caden Kelly, where I read a book and I talk about it in 15 minutes or less for you, because sometimes reading books can take way too much time. Uh, This is a supplemental podcast to my main podcast, Book Club with Caden Kelly, where I talk about the book in much more detail and depth and share more opinions and thoughts and whatever. Uh, that's usually like an hour and a half. So sometimes people don't have an hour and a half. So I'm going to do this in 15 minutes or less for you. You can find access to all of that on my blog, cadenkellysblog.wordpress.com. It'll have access to my YouTube, to my Facebook, to my Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, whatever. Um, if you like this conversation, then I would recommend go check it out and uh, get uh, get more conversation for more dialogue for the for this book. So today's book, we're, uh, last week I read "Get Out of Your Head" by Jenny Allen, stopping the spot the stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts. Uh, Jenny Allen, she is uh, she has a master's degree in biblical studies from Dallas Theolo- Theological Studies. Uh, she uh, is the founder of If Gathering an organization that equips women to know God more deeply and to discipline, excuse me, and to disciple others in their own lives. This book was gifted to me by my mother, my sweet dear mother, and I don't know if she realized that it was a Christian book for women, but that's what this is. This is a Christian book for women. (laughs) So if you are trying to strengthen your faith or you're simply trying to stop the spiral of toxic thoughts, um, if you're a woman and you're Christian, this book was specifically designed for you. However, I'm not a woman, nor am I Christian. And there were still a lot of really good messages uh, that she talks about, that she shares, and I want to talk about them. So, let's get to it. Uh, this book was broken down into three parts. If you don't know, I, I take notes and I read them from my phone, so don't mind me. I... Uh, the first part is called All the Thoughts, and the I think the point of All the Thoughts really is we are a byproduct of our thoughts. I've talked about the compound effect before. I've talked about, um, uh, I think that's actually the main point, and I, d- I can't remember who wrote the compound effect, but basically, the more consistently you do an action, the more routine it becomes, and the more it builds, like the more that it will build on itself. So like compound interest, if you're not familiar with the term, um, instead of like putting a cent, uh, okay, anyway, go look up compound interest. You could compound your thoughts as well. And basically you become what you think. So if you have constant good thoughts, if you consistently have good thoughts, you will have good results. You'll feel good. Your mind will feel good. You'll have good, deci- you'll make good decisions, all the above. If you consistently have bad thoughts or unhealthy or toxic thoughts, you will those will build on each other as well, but in the wrong way, in the negative way, and you'll and you'll feel worse and worse about yourself, and you'll make poor decisions and have toxic thoughts, more and more toxic thoughts. So basically, <clears throat> you are what you think. Just like you are what you eat, you are what you think. So her the point of her book is to help us have good thoughts, to help us uh, focus on what's important for our lives. And for uh, for our health, because this podcast, all my podcasts are about optimizing our health, happiness, wealth, and wisdom. So that's the goal. That's the goal with all of this. That's what we're gonna what we're gonna focus on today. Toxic thoughts. That's part one, basically. 
she shares, uh, you know, and, and I will say this too, because this is a Christian book, and I might not, it might not appeal to all the Christian, the or the anti-Christian people or the post-Christian. I'm a post-Mormon, which so I was a Mormon. I've left the church. Mormons consider themselves Christian. I'm no, I no longer identify with that. I don't believe in the same. I don't have the same beliefs. My beliefs are radically different. However, one the 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 reason why I stuck with this book after I learned it was a Christian self-help book for women is because there is wisdom in all look, looks of life. So if I were to humble myself before whatever belief that you have, whatever belief I have, if I were to humble myself even just before myself and get rid of my ego, there's you can still learn some really awesome things. So she shares a lot of direct like directly Christian points. Like she talks, she shares lots of scriptures. She talks about Christ. She talks about God, believing in Christ uh, as the base of your, of stopping the spiral of your toxic thoughts. Uh, whether that resonates with you or not, you can interpret the the root of that belief as something else. So she might say, connect with God. It's the root of, it's the root of your belief. I say, connect with nature, connect with, with what's real. And, uh, and connect with and that and then that could look differently for you that could be connecting with atheism that could be connecting with buddhism connecting with stoicism the greek gods the nordic gods i don't give a fuck what it is you can believe you believe in what you believe and the root uh, uh, the root might be different but the principles are the same they're very similar that's what i'm learning through this journey so uh stop so let's get anyway i'll get out with the book you are what you think basically uh, uh, the things that you give your attention to is what has power. Uh, put your, she says, you must put your faith in Christ. Put your trust in Christ. Without self help, without Christ is baseless. I think self help by itself, yeah, is uh, you know, believe, putting your faith or your confidence in yourself instead of a instead of a bigger power is a higher power uh, is baseless. It's rootless, and just like Alcoholics Anonymous. Their first tenet is to uh, is it to believe in a higher power to or to surrender to your higher power and it doesn't say to God or to Allah it says to your higher power whatever that is acknowledging the higher power uh, for me my higher power is at the very least it's nature it's mother nature it's the grand it's the grandiose idea that I am a human but I am a very very small part of this whole aspect of life and evolution and change in the universe. So uh that's that's what it is for me. Uh part 2, taking down the enemy of our minds. She she part 2 is all the equipment that you need to tackle your toxic thoughts and turn them basically into positive reactions. So um at its root, we can't control our, our circumstances. We can't control what happens to us, but we can always control how we think about them, how we think about what happens to us. Taking every thought captive is not about what happens to us. It's about choosing to believe that God is with us or that God is in control or that the universe is in control or whatever. We are not in control. We can't control what happens to us. That's the truth. Uh, chapter 8, she talks about prayer, quiet time with God. Uh, I think of it as meditation, quiet time with myself and with the universe, thinking about your thoughts, thinking about what uh, what what you think about. It's a really weird concept, but that's what meditation is, thinking about your thoughts, thinking about your body. And uh, if you're a Christian and you're praying, you're having that conversation with God, not just with yourself. 
Um, turn your attention to gratitude, humility, patience. When someone is rude, instead of being consumed with anger, choose to react with kindness. So the first one is meditation, quiet time with God, quiet time with yourself. Chapter nine, humans are bred to be recognized and loved. We're designed for connectivity with ourselves. And she says, we're also bred. We're also made to connect with God or with our higher power. So instead of trying to tackle life on your own, decide to, to seek help, decide to find connection with others, to share similar beliefs that uh, are on this, that are, uh, have the same path or trying to get on the same path as you, you uh, the, the hardships that you face in life, you do not have to face alone, even if they're not even that hard, whether they're extremely difficult or they're not difficult at all. We're bred to connect. It has, it has significant meaning to our primal ancestors. Uh, isolation and banishment usually meant death. So we tr- our ancestors sought all the time to be connected with their tribe and with their leaders and with their peers because it meant survival. Uh, and there's psychological benefits to it as well. But the, the second point, chapter nine, is human connectivity. So first, first is meditation or quiet time with God. To think about our thoughts, to think about what we do, what we consume, who we are. Think about that. And then it's to connect with other people. Chapter 10 is to uh, focus on what's true, focus on what's real. Don't focus on what's not real because focusing on what's not real only has negative effects. Uh, like it's, uh, when you're fearful of an event or fearful of something happening to you, if you focus on what's not real, on that event that hasn't happened or that's not, that, that uh, hasn't come to fruition, it will have negative impacts on you. But if you focus, if you take the fear that you have or the, the anxiety or the depression over, if you take that and say, I'm feeling this and I choose to react differently, I choose to respond and focus on what's real, what's in front of me. Who's, in, who's around me, what my thoughts are, how my life is. That's focusing on what's real. Again, these are all tools to help you overcome toxic thoughts. Uh, chapter 11 is cynicism. Being a cynic all the time is a poor way to look at life. Even if you think you're protecting yourself, you, have a, you'll have, you live a happier, a higher quality of life by ha- being optimistic and choosing to trust other people. Uh, chapter 12, humility, rejecting your ego. <clears throat> your ego is what uh, I've talked about ego before. Ego is um, proclaiming your own greatness, identifying with yourself, identifying with w- your abilities. And humility is rejecting your ability and, and projecting your qualities through someone else. Rather, uh, the things that you accomplish are done through. So she says, Go do good and give glory to God, basically. And in a secular view, go do good and give credit to the universe. Or just don't take credit for yourself because you are only, you're only as capable as you are as a person. Um, but you are not great. That's, your ego will tell you, I'm magnificent. I can do all of this. And your ego will also point fingers at other people when shit hits the fan or when things don't go your way. Your ego will tell you, it's your fault that I'm suffering, or it's your fault that I've been hurt. Uh, humility will say, well, it will accept the truth of, you know, the previous tenet. It'll accept what's real in front of us, and it'll allow us to make better decisions for our future and have peace in our suffering. This is humility. Thirteen is gratitude. We'll run out of time. Always. These are too short. <laughs> I gotta listen to my longer one. 
chapter 13 is gratitude even amongst tragedy and hardship. This uh, uh, remind, it reminds me of Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, who was a Holocaust survivor who survived the Auschwitz concentration camp. And he, uh, someone who endured some of the most horrific things that have in our modern history, explains that gratitude amongst hardship brings peace. Having toxic thoughts, toxic thoughts will tell you that shit is happening to me and I, don't, I, I, I can't be grateful or I can't express gratitude because life is hard. But having gratitude when life is hard brings peace. And again, you're, you are what you think. So if you constantly think that y- you don't deserve this or uh, you deserve better, uh, your, lot, y- your lot in life is not fair, you will, uh, those negative thoughts will compound and your quality of life will continue to diminish. Change that into gratitude. Easier said than done, but you got to practice it. Uh, chapter 14 is God has set you free. Use your freedom to serve others. Use your selflessness. Instead of turning in towards your cravings and your desires, turn outwards and help uplift, uplift other people. This is what brings deep peace. There is no peace or long-term happiness and peace in living selfishly and chasing all of your cravings. But that peace comes by taking what God has given you or what Mother Nature has given you or the peace that you have and turning outwards and offering it and helping uplift, uplift other people. So really fast, to recap the, the traits, meditate or pray, uh, connect with other, other people and God or God. Uh, focus on what's real. Don't be a cynic. Be positive. Be optimistic. Express humility, reject your ego, have gratitude even amongst tragedy, and uh, surrender and obey to God's will. That's what she says. I say to uh, turn your selflessness, turn your selfishness towards other people. Be selfless. Um, and sur- yeah, yeah, I guess surrender to uh, the circumstances in your life. And then there's a part three where she, you know, she she shares lots of scripture and uh, wisdoms to uh, live a more meaningful life. But that's the point. I'm running out of time. Uh, this is get out of your head. Stop the spiral of toxic thoughts. You are what you think. So have practice. To- uh, don't practice toxic thoughts. Practice positive thoughts and you'll have a happier life with deep peace. You'll be healthier, happier, wealthier, and wiser for it. This is here's the point with Kate and Kelly. If you like this conversation, go to my other podcast, the, uh, my main podcast, Book Club with Kate and Kelly. You'll find it at kadenkellysblog.wordpress.com or you can search it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or YouTube or whatever. So have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next time.